1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per
0: line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue
1: bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. Uh, got the shot they wanted. It
3: does not go it's got the rebound, and the Celtics have another win. One sixteen to one ten is going to be it as Boston holds on and gets the victory as they now head to the West Coast. But they go with a w in the W the
1: Second hour, of late night. Weei. It's KJ 779 nine seven ninety three seven. The text line three three seven. Celtics. Getting, I think, it was a very important win last night at Toronto, one sixteen, one ten. I it was. I mean, it's amazing that the Celtics were actually the underdog according to some betting lines last night. I was like, what are they thinking now?
0: If it was tomorrow- my, if it was my guess, it was because the second night of a back to back, they were in Brooklyn the previous night, so that's the only reason I see. Uh,
1: yeah, but yeah, the Celtics that hasn't bothered them at all because when they played Washington and Charlotte, those were back to back nights, and that didn't flinch at all. It wasn't a flinch at all. So, you know, look, here's why I think it's very important, because I, I can't think of, it just sounds so weird, the the logistics of it, that you're playing a game out of country in Toronto, and then in two days you'll be flying all the way across country to Phoenix to play a nighttime game. So not only are you leave in the country, you've got to enter back into the country, and you're going to be playing a game three hours behind your normal time. Yeah, I don't expect a whole lot from the Celtics tomorrow. I don't even know if you might not even play Malcolm Brogdon tomorrow. You you might not. Just so that way you can have him for the Saturday night feature game against Golden State where you got heavy guard play. Phoenix is going to be a problem when you got Deandre Ayton right there in the center and I don't know who has an answer for him. You know, that's why I think getting that win at Toronto, you know, allows you to say, "Okay, we got on the plane with a win." If we end up in Phoenix and and we don't win, We're tired. Okay, cool. You get your next game is it Saturday and it's a replay of the NBA finals. So you know you want to be up for that one. You know, I I don't want to sit here and say Celtics are definitely going to lose, but it will definitely be a struggle for the game tomorrow night. Uh, It'll be on ESPN, 10 p.m. Yeah, this team has just been absolutely amazing. 20 wins, 20 wins. I, I have to go back and look at last season. Like, when did win 20 come? It probably didn't come until probably sometime towards end of December, maybe beginning of January. The team was just all over the place. I know at one point they were like 11 and 18, so that would be 29 games in. So clearly it was somewhere into January.
0: They got their 20th win Monday, January 10th. It was an overtime victory against Indiana, and they were still sub-500
1: at the time. There you go. Right. So it was a struggle just to get to 20 wins last year. I remember last year at Christmas they got flexed out of their Christmas game in prime, like the, the, they moved them, they were like, "Nah, we're not going to show that." They're just absolutely horrible. It was, it was like the Celtics and the Knicks. It was supposed to be, and they were like, mm, "They're both horrible right now."
0: Yeah, I remember because I thought I was like, "Wait, it's five o'clock. They're playing the Bucks, and then all of right. a sudden, boom, it's two I'm like, "It's two thirty,
1: okay. yeah, right." It was against the Bucks, and they're like, "Yeah, there's no, there's just not going to be any competition here." But it's a different Celtics team this year, you know, and it'll be the Bucks again this year, and this time it will be at five o'clock, and that game will hold. <laughs> so, um. You know, I I think one of the undersold stories with this team right now is Marcus Smart and his ability to distribute the ball. Um, You're almost good for seven assists a night. And this is a different Marcus Smart that we're seeing than what the fan base was yelling at. Like Marcus Smart is on no one's lips about shooting too much, about trying to do too much. You know, I think after winning defensive player of the year last year, he realized that, you know, this league will recognize you for the things that you do right. And this fan base will criticize you for the things that you do wrong. But of course the star is Jason Tatum. And I just think that what we're seeing from him is the growth and the development of just a leader that is really stepping into his role where his age no longer matters. In fact, here's Jason Tatum talking about really the chemistry of the whole team.
3: Yeah, has a lot to do with our success. You know, for the most part we've had the, you know, core group, four, five, six guys. For a couple of years now, and uh, each guy's ind- individually gotten better, growing in a lot of areas, and I think that's you know, really jailed. You know, beginning of last year, calendar year, um, we started to figure it out, and uh, you know we've really just been rolling ever since. And we got some new guys on the team this year, but they're great guys, great teammates, um, guys that are really smart uh, that, that fit in perfectly, and we all you know just compliment each other.
1: Yeah, I think two things that also didn't happen that's helped this team. One is that M.A. Adoka did not get hired by the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Now, I thought their reasons for not going through it were kind of like, oh, you're kind of getting caught up in a wave of things. But I think that would have put an emotional burden on the team knowing that their head coach is suddenly now with their rival. Well, immediate rival, let's just call it what that is. And by that not happening, I think that was good. Because now that's no distraction. You can clearly look at Coach Missoula and say this is the coach. And I, I think now there's some things in M.A.'s personal life that have now come out. Nia Long is, is, is woman of 13 years. They've split up. So you know, my personal hope was that they could work things out. But I guess some things are not coming back from. I know my wife wouldn't be. She wouldn't be like you. You wouldn't even sleep in the. You wouldn't even sleep in the crawl space of the house. You know, but baby, crawl space, no. So look. This is Joe Mazzulla's team. I think part of their success is he lets the stars play to their strengths. Um, he knows that sometimes defensively it's not going to be there, but he lets them be offensively free. And here's Joe Mazzulla talk about his stars, Jason Tatum. What impresses you about the way Jason doesn't force, that they're trapping
0: a lot in that first half in particular. did been trying to do anything kind of
2: out of Yeah, I think it's just trust. I think he trusts his teammates. I think he does a great job of reading the defense. But I saw tonight, like a trust level in each other that, you know, we can figure it out together. And, um, you know, that's, I told him that's a respect factor that they guard you like that. And so the next best thing to do is to just make the right play. And I think Jalen's doing that. I think, you know, smart Jalen. I think our team does that the majority of the time. It's hard to do it all the time, it's hard to trust. But our guys uh, are really working at that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jason Tatum has just been amazing 36% from three. And keep in mind, he's not a guard. He's a, he's a power forward. So for him, shooting 36% from three is, is amazing, 57% from two. So that's what I like about Jason Tatum's game is that when he gets to the basket, it's going to be very hard to stop. Him and Brown are over 57% from two-point range, despite the team being kind of, low, you know, pretty relatively low in the league. Um, free throw percentage, is 87%, 30.8 a game. I mean, I, I think total rebounds, 8.3 a game. Defensive rebounds, 7.2. You know, Tatum, I don't okay, there's nobody who could talk to me otherwise that, that Tatum is the MVP of the league right now. And this West Coast trip could be the display case, if you will, because while the 20-5 and five team record looks really good, the East is weaker than the West, clearly. If this Western trip, you know, because that's, I mean, think about it. Phoenix tomorrow night, then. Golden State Saturday, Clippers Monday. You know, you you you've got a ton of teams. Even the Lakers,
0: they've been rolling
1: a little bit, right? You got the Lakers on a back to back on Tuesday, so this is going to be this five game stretch, this four game stretch. They'll they'll really well, really five game because they were at Toronto, uh, and I I would count that as a like really away because you got to like you know show papers and stuff just to go play basketball. But on this West Coast trip with against these four teams, this is going to be their real first litmus test. And and then after that, you you know, barring injury and anything, but you got a back to back against Orlando and Indiana, and Minnesota, and then you got the Christmas game against Milwaukee. So these four games are going to be like real display games and think about it. Like ESPN game tomorrow night, ABC on Saturday night, uh then obviously local on Monday, and then TNT on Tuesday as well. So this is going to be kind of like a national coming out display of Of all the talk that you know, because sometimes you talk about like, oh, Celtics this, Celtics that. They're like, oh, that's just a bunch of homers talking. It's like, no, 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 no. Trust, this is for real. So, if if there's something that I would definitely like to see with this team as they go on the West Coast is to battle tough inside because all these teams are going to try and take it inside to them outside of Golden State. Right? What is your answer going to be for Anthony Davis and a LeBron who's facilitating? What is going to be your answer for a Paul George? and a Zubac in the middle. What's going to, you know, and, and with Golden State, you're just going to be up for that game. I mean, it's, I mean, you know they're just going to be heckling Grant Williams. So, look, if they can get a split on the on the road, I think they come away 3-1. and one. I think they beat Golden State. I think they beat the two L.A. teams. I think tomorrow in Phoenix, that's just kind of like brutal, right? Because, I mean, fourth you played at Brooklyn, fifth you played at Toronto, seventh at Phoenix. <laughs> like, that just doesn't even... Logistically, make flight sense. Like what? We're literally going what? Probably close to four thousand miles, three thousand miles, to play the next game. So, I, I if the if the Celtics don't have it tomorrow night, I'm not going to be upset. Um, I just fatigue and size. And Phoenix is. I mean, it'd be a good it'd be a good showdown between Booker and, and Tatum for sure. Because Booker's in that conversation as well for MVP. So if I say Tatum won... Maybe Booker two, Joker three, Doncic four, Giannis five, somewhere in there. And the reason why I say Luca and Luca and Jokic at three four is because if they're not on that team, they're absolutely horrible, and they're they're almost horrible now. Dallas is like struggling, but Tatum is your MVP, and here's his thoughts on hearing the chance of MVP MVP.
3: Um, being honest, you know, I, I still feel like a kid sometimes just playing, doing what I love mm-hmm. and, you know, to be mentioned with, you know, guys like Giannis and things like that. Um, you know, I think that's pretty cool. And at the same time, just trying to focus on game to game, trying to be the best I can for the team, um, you know, 20 and five, that's that's big. You know, that's you know, kind of how we went to start the season. So, you know, individually – you know, all the guys, myself, JB, everybody are going to get, you know, the things that they deserve. Um, but as far as being in the MVP race is like, uh, something I'm not like, you know, used to, uh, you know, I still, I get excited, I guess. Um, uh, you know, cause that's something that, you know, even though I'm 25 in the league six years, you know, it's like a, for like a kid, I'm just thinking about the, the possibility of that, you know, it's a long way to go, but you know, just, uh, you know, just a surreal feeling to being in that conversation.
1: Yeah, Celtics number one in the league in points at 120 a game. So let's see if they can keep that going on this West Coast trip. Six one seven 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 nine. 793 7, text line 37937 7, KJ, late night here on WEEI. We're talking about the return of Bruce Cassidy to TD Garden last night, plus more Patriots.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect, impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are
1: It seemed like you did a really good job of keeping Josh Allen in the pocket. There weren't many of those broken plays or even big design runs where he was able to rip off a bunch of yardage. But what do you think were some of the issues that ultimately led to you from a defensive standpoint to maybe putting yourself in a position where you lost that football game?
4: Uh, We need to do a better job on third down and in the red area.
1: Big Late night, WEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ. Remember, you can listen to WEI at any time on your Odyssey app, free. And on your smart speaker, say, hey, play WEEI 93.7 Boston, and you're right here. That's Bill Belichick saying, look, the team has to do better on third down, and this is how bad it's been. The team has not had 50% conversion rate on third down since the Bears game. And that was a loss. And they did it the week before that. And that was the Browns game. But we won't talk about Bruno, if you know what I mean. Like We won't talk that guy's name so that way he doesn't send people in a frenzy. Because Mac is a bit sensitive right now. So is this offense. Three for 12 on third down against the Bills. 3-for-10 against the Vikings on third down. 4-for-15 against the Jets. 6-for-17 against the Colts, which is embarrassing if you see how bad the Colts have been. Jets game uh, where it was the win, but it was the pick that wasn't. 6-for-19, and then the Bears 5-for-10, and the Browns 7-for-14. Best game so far this year in terms of conversions against the Steelers, 8-for-15. So only three games this season have they converted at least 50% of their third downs this year. 25th in the league on third-down conversions. And so my concern, and I talked a little bit about this last week, um, is the run game has really dissipated, not because it's been unsuccessful. It's gone from an effective two-man backfield with Harris and Stevenson to now just Stevenson because Harris has just continually been banged up. And when Harris has been able to get in there and get you 50, 55 yards – then what Stevenson gets you on the ground, plus with the receiving game, that's where the Patriots have been more into the game. Now I, I that's the Browns game pretty much, but I mean with well, the Lions game, so it's 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 kind of a it's a two edged sword, right? Like clearly the design passing game, and as Max says, the quick game bleeping sucks, but the quick game is designed to protect. The team from the turnovers that you were getting from Mac early in the season, right? So it's kind of like this. It's like kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Where hey, the quick game was working because it was getting the ball out of your hands fast. It was protecting you from that horrible O line that just hasn't protected you, but it's been better over the last couple of games. And it was designed to say, okay, we have a better chance of getting the ball downfield with our man beating their man one to one than we do trying to stay back in the pocket. Holding the ball where mistakes have happened, whether it be a sack, sack fumble, interception. So somewhere there has to be something met in the middle. And when you get to third down and seven, you know, there's not too many cute things you can do. You know, with Marcus Jones back there, like, okay, now while that was a great play and a great play call, how often can you go to that play call now moving forward where teams are going to prepare for it? Like when they know that Marcus Jones is in the game there's either going to be a direction to get him to the ball or the ball is going to go in his direction as a fake. So they're going to be prepared for those things, but at the same time you can't necessarily go away from it um, because it worked. And so it really comes back down to how, how does this team feel like they're getting coached, right? Like if you have a young quarterback, and while your defense is pretty veteran for the most part, your offense is pretty young. Right, your receiver, your start, your your top receiver, who you want to be your top receiver, is a rookie. Um, Devontae Parker has been in and out, and that was that was always the conversation at the very beginning of the season. It's just like, yeah, when he's on the field, he's amazing, but when he's off the field, that's more common, and that's starting to become more common. You probably start to see now where Ty Montgomery, who was valuable in Game One, but got hurt and has not been back this season. So there went the James White, if you will, element of the backfield in terms of catching, but Ramondre Stevenson has just been brilliant in that regard. I think he's halfway on his way to what is whatever they're going to call the Pro Bowl. His name will be in that mix of things, right? I think he'll be they'll recognize what he's done as he continues to do. But it's really gonna to be tough when the running game isn't been able to establish itself as it has historically with Mac Jones. So here's Mac on what does it feel like when you when we get getting coached up by these guys? Yeah, I think
4: we're we're all working together and working really hard, and that's all you can ask for. And um, we have a plan each week, and we try to adjust that plan and make it the best we can. And as players, we just have to go out there and and do it right and do it as best we can. And um, we need to put a better you know showing on the field than what we put on the field um, in our last game. So that's really it. I mean, it's all about hard work and doing the right things during the week, and then once you get to the game. I mean the hay's in the barn, right? You just got to go out there and play and um, play fast and play for each other and um, beyond the X's and O's. It's more about a mentality. So we definitely need to work on our mentality of hey, we're going to go out there and and all 11 of us are going to do our job and see what happens and the results going to be a lot better.
1: You know, it's it, it's it's kind of interesting when I think about it just now hearing Mac Jones talk about that on Maloney Fourier Mego. Is that as long as Matt continues to not make stake, not make key mistakes, turnovers, right? And he's been good at that over the last couple of weeks. Then the, the the conversation will shift off of him, and it will have to be squarely on Belichick. And these are things that, well, Russell Wilson, who I think might be a bit you know kind of shell shocked, a bit in Denver. But there's also part of me that feels like, hey, if you believe the scheme is bad and what you're doing is bad, um the best thing you could do is not make mistakes and still be able to show how bad it is, right? So even with Russell Wilson, you're not seeing the same mistakes, but they're not scoring any points in Denver. And the conversation is, you know, maybe he's gone. Um, not Russell Wilson, but but Hackett after a year. And let's just call it what it is. The hope in New England is that Matt Patricia gets his hands off of that, you know, that plastic sheet and get it into the hands of someone. I, I, I just, I really would hope that they... This is where I do hope that Bill would step out of his comfort zone and find and trust somebody who is an offensive mind who might be some might be a quarterback coach of some maybe Joe Burrow's quarterback coach. You look at it, bringing him in as an offensive coordinator, someone who's going to say, "Okay, we understand what our player in Mac Jones can be, and how do we match him up with those things that he can walk himself and teach himself and guide himself into being that." Um. You know, I, it, it's going to be tough to see, but Bill is going to have to at some point say, you know what, I don't have all the experts on my team. On the defensive end, sure. Like, Steve Belichick, despite what you may think from time to time, I mean, the defense has been pretty good up until a couple of weeks, and I said, you know, this team will potentially bend. You just hope they don't break on the defensive end, and you're starting to see some of that bending, and you'll see more bending when you get up against quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, and you see Josh Allen again, and you see Tua again, and you still have Joe Burrow. So the defense is going to be under a lot of stress, and this would be the time where you'd say, okay, if that's happening, then the quarterback should be at a point where he should be able to start to sling it down the field and the offense should be in kind of a nice lather, if you will, and and the wheel's going, and that's where the stagnation may be really tough to see. But if Matt can hold down the mistakes then then it exposes strictly the play calling. 617-779-7937, text line 3793. Phil uh, from New Bedford, man, thanks so much for calling the show. You're on WEEI.
2: Always a pleasure, my friend. I've been doing my Christmas thing here, listening to you. I missed about maybe 10 minutes of the show tonight.
1: Oh, well, um, thank you so much as always.
2: Do you, do you watch the Florida State Sem- Seminoles the last three years? Uh Have you not watched the complete game?
1: Not, not of the Seminoles, no. Okay.
2: Their offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins, Google him. He was in Tulane for three or four years. He was an O-line coach. Then he became the offensive coordinator. They became from the top 25 to 30 in the nation with positive plays, 20 yards plus. He's been in Florida State. In the last three years, they've had more 20-yard plus plays offensively than anyone in college history. He reminds me of Don Coryell when Coryell did the Air Express.
1: Yeah, so but Phil, would you not agree that the defense in college football is absolutely horrible? And so some of the plays that oh, you yes. may call but that, you, that you would call in it. college would get shut down immediately in the pros. I'm talking about some of these guys who are quarterback coaches because if you're an offensive coordinator, let's say with the Bengals, you're you're looking for a head coaching job. You're not looking to be the OC somewhere else, right? If if you're a quarterback I, I, yeah, I, I coach, right. So I would if I, if I'm if I'm the Patriots I say okay, what common aspects do we see in Mac Jones with other quarterbacks that are stars in the league? I would say I would look at potentially like a Justin Herbert or a uh like I just mentioned Joe Burrow um you know someone who says okay these are things that we see that our quarterback can do in that skill set. Do we look at that potential quarterbacks quarterback coach? to come run the offense, to develop our quarterback. It's very similar to why Josh McDaniels went to, to Las Vegas, right? Like, you've got you, Derek you, Carr there. Mean,
2: you made sh- kind of reference to that last week a little bit, not in that kind of depth. But you bringing O'Brien and bringing this guy into him, I really think because he's proven in the offenses. He's had pros pro teams, six pro teams go at him, and he's just like, nope, I'm building myself, building myself. He kills that offensive line experience. And offensive coordinator, have O'Brien running the show, and you run the offensive line, and you be the coordinator. I think it got potential.
1: Yeah, I think the 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 whole idea is like why I think why Bill O'Brien's name is so comfortable is like okay, Bill, if you're not O'Brien but Belichick, if your thing is that you want to keep people close to who's in house and close to you, then there's a guy. And this was his quarterback coach at 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 Alabama. So if you know that Bill O'Brien was there at Ground Zero with Mac Jones. Getting the success and out got of the Mac New Jones England
2: connection, so the fan base will be un- involved. Sure,
1: right. Well, even more so that the quarterback has a relationship with them already. So this is a person who's worked with Mac Jones to get Mac Jones to see success, winning a national championship, and even working with Mac Jones when he was one of the backups, whether he was the third backup or the second backup behind Jalen Hurts. So to regenerate
2: this young man, absolutely, because we right. know we know he's got that potential. It just needs to get reeled back together again.
1: Right. So, always yeah, a Phil, pleasure, my friend. Yeah, Phil, thank you so much for the call, as always. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I will have to check out that guy at Florida State, but I'm, you know, college football is a bunch of bing, bong, bing, 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 You know, you that in the pros and be like, my baby, my baby got laid out on a slant. You know, <laughs> it might work in college, you know, but in the pros, you know, maybe you bring that guy in as, you know, a quarterback's coach or something like that, but you just don't turn him into an offensive coordinator to game plan for an NFL game because then we'd be making the same argument like okay we just had a couple of yahoos who have been head coaches in the NFL <laughs> and they can't call an offensive play they can't they can't offensive coordinate so get a quarterback coach you know who is going to be your OC that can grow Mac Jones so yeah Bill O'Brien would be ideal because now you're kind of it's like you know the star wars movies i saw star wars as a kid then i was excited to see the empire strikes back then i went to see return of the jedi then i was just like you know what if they came out with more star wars movies i think i'd be more into girls than these action figures and then they came with more star wars movies and then they told me that star wars wasn't the first episode i'm like okay i'm not going to go through the rest of these star wars that to me like one is star wars two is empire strikes back three is return of the jedi you know but their prequels and sequels and stuff like that, I I got lost in it. But if you can get somebody who can go back to the genesis of Star Wars with Mac Jones, that would be Bill O'Brien. And maybe if there's someone who's established in the league, who's the quarterback coach of uh, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, maybe that's like a Return of the Jedi where you know these movies are going to work. And then I guess is Revenge of the Sith one of them, Joe? Is that one?
0: Of that? I am not, uh, not I'm as lackluster in Star Wars knowledge yeah, as you are. Yeah, whatever so. that Sith <laughs> movie was. I'm, I'm, I think that's the third movie that came yeah,
1: out. Yeah, that was one of the later, later trilogies, right? It was like a whole other set of trilogies. Like, if you want to go with the newer stuff, then maybe that's when you look at a young uh, coordinator, uh, assistant coordinator that exists in the league that you say, all right, we'll take a chance on, but we'll have to bring him into our fold and our thought process in terms of what we want to do for this team. Here's Bill on the questions on Mac Jones' regression.
0: Mac Jones was visibly frustrated late in that game against the Bills, uh, and he's been under a lot of duress this season in terms of pass rush and, and seems to have taken a bit of a step back from where we saw him at points last year. Are you worried about Mac's progression at all as we go forward here?
4: Uh, well, I, mean, I think we're all certainly all I could be doing better than, than what we're doing from a record standpoint and from a, you know individual execution, but you know, we're going to look ahead, not backwards and, and, uh, you know, look towards the next opportunity here against Arizona and get back on track this week. So uh, I think that's all the people I've talked to, players, coaches, I think we're all feel the same way about that. We can't control what's already happened, but we control controls what's in front of us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't worry about the past. However, um, you can't repeat some of the bad things from the past. And Mac has been on top of that. So I, I don't I think the story moves away from Mac's regression because I think we can just agree to that. And now it's the lack of ingenuity with the offense. Right. And and part of it too, and I think Bill has to come to some types of grips with this as well. Is that the style that you may want to play with Brady, there's no more Brady, there will never be another Brady. Some are even wondering, like, how did Mark Ingram run out of bounds with a full two yards to go to get for the first down? And he steps out before it. You know, play the play the cue Q the you know conspiracy theory music. But you know, and so if you're saying like, okay, while this isn't going to be the new Brady, we're going to give him the same system. You can't necessarily say that works because Brady is pretty much operating in a system that he's probably the last guy to see it. Right? It's. It's having the special car and there's nobody who you just can't go on eBay to get the parts. You might be able to, but you can't go and can't you can't go to a local dealership and get the parts. You have a rare car. And I think, you know, Mac Jones is not going to be that rare car. He can be serviceable. But then you say, does serviceable take this team back into playoff contention? You know, can this team go two or three games into a playoff situation at this point, you'd say, like, this might be a consistent one-and-done or this year a none-and-done. So that's still to come. Tomorrow night here on the show, we'll discuss, like, Arizona and getting ready for them and so forth and some of the lines that MGM has out for the games as well. Uh, 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ Late Night. Next, you hear from Boos Cassidy, who came back into town. Sheriff Cassidy came back into town. Hear what he had to say next here on WEI. Uh, that uh, uh, th- you know, listen. That's something that I'll get choked up about. Obviously, probably in about three seconds. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like I, said, I appreciate it. That, it's that simple. I appreciate it. Uh, do you know? Do what I could here to help the team. You got your
2: game table back. Now it's on to Vegas and, and uh, do what I can. Now.
1: Late night, W-E-E-I. It's KJ. Thank you so much for spending, whether it's last 10, 15, 20 minutes, or even an hour or two. I appreciate you. Remember, you can always listen on the Odyssey app. It's free. Just type in W-E-E-I, and you can click the little heart, and it'll bring you right to the station as well. And also on your smart speaker, say... Uh, play WEEI 93.7 Boston, and it'll bring you right here. Let me uh, bring in Dan in the car. Dan, uh, Dan, I would normally have a segment on this show called Where Did We Go Wrong? And you're absolutely right, so tell me what I was wrong about, and I will tell you what you were correct about me being wrong about.
2: Uh, no problem. Uh, and thank you, because I'm driving to Connecticut in this rain, and you're helping me stay awake, so I appreciate it. Uh, be safe. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Bill O'Brien actually never coached Mac at Alabama. O'Brien's yep. in his second year yep. as O coordinator. Mac did work with him to actually help O'Brien learn sort of the, the Alabama offense. system in the off season. Right. So the it is a double bonus that you know we still have a, a former Patriot system, McDaniel system guy, and O'Brien coming back if we can get him. While at the same time bringing some of the Alabama things that Mac succeeded in and is familiar with. So that's really you know a double whammy that that. Bring
1: O'Brien back, good brain. Hey, Dan, thanks for the red ink, man. I appreciate it. Dan is absolutely right. Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones have the smallest of Venn diagram circle connections, right? So Mac Jones is about to get ready for the draft in January of 21, and Bill O'Brien is now coming to Alabama after his disaster at, at Houston. It seemed like it was so long ago. I wouldn't have thought that it was only – that makes sense because DeAndre Hopkins has only been with Arizona for like two years and he got rid of DeAndre Hopkins in his last year in Houston which was just such a weird so that was such a weird situation so but yeah i think Bill O'Brien i think i've always said that he's more cut out for the pro game and um why it was successful for a little bit there in Houston and i think just the culture just kind of got away and maybe this is a slow burn for him to get back into the league and i think a great entry point would be showing Mac Jones what the hell to do <laughs> okay um, look, you know, when 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 Bruce Cassidy came in last night, you know, I I had this feeling. I said, you know, if there was a game where you know the the the, the Bruins may kind of slap their sticks on the ice, <laughs> is when old coach came back, right? Like if you, you have an undestru- you haven't you're undefeated at home, and that's got to end at some point. What a more special way than to do it for when. Old Bruce comes back,
0: but there's still gonna be that asterisk of it. They lost in a shootout, so in regulation they're still undefeated.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, but you know what? That's like that's like me saying I had Gabrielle Union's phone number at one time, but yeah, we never dated. So you know, like I I was close, but it was I, still an L, right? So look, if there's anything that does concern me regarding the the, the Bruins and not their on ice play is just. How other teams? It doesn't like the runaway isn't as big as one thinks. Toronto is only five points back. Toronto looks good. Tampa was was kind of slow at the beginning of the season, and they've picked things back up. And you would never think that the Jersey Devils and the Bruins have the same amount of points after last night. They both have forty one points. You're like the Bruins are the hottest thing since the sun, but yet the Devils are right there, and then you still got Carolina. So you still have some teams in there like. You would hate to say if the playoffs started today, Today, you would hate to potentially see the Islanders or possibly even Tampa as one of the teams that you would face in an opening, you know, maybe you know, the Islanders in an opening series.
0: I should correct you really quickly. The Devils yeah. won tonight, so okay. now they're two points clear of the clear. Bruins for best in the East. For
1: best in the East, right. So... So with all that going on there and I say there there's gonna be a just the same way I'd say for the Devils, something's gotta, you know, give pretty soon in terms of just this streak. But damn it feels good to have two teams with twenty wins in twenty five games <laughs> between the Bruins and the Celtics. So that's always a good thing right there. All right, Joe. Um, I started watching the, the the third, the final season. I guess it's the final season of The Crown. Well, no, it can't be the final season of The Crown. Do you get into the Crown stuff because, you
0: know, the Royals were here last week? Uh, no, but my mom is a big fan of that series.
1: Well, why I like to get into it is because I like to see what's the, how can I best put it? I like to see when they get into trouble that's tied to their lack, lack of sexual awareness, right? Like, because they're so sheltered and they're in the stuffy areas, and then when they fall in love, they fall madly in love, and then everybody's like oh let's watch the the prince and princess kiss like oh my gosh are we all third graders here you know i it was kind of funny watching people just fawn over um william and kate here last week that that was kind of funny because yeah you had like,
0: people actually like traveling from other states to like just come to boston and say
1: hello that, that's absolutely crazy and and here's the thing if you're the prince of the united kingdom maybe you don't have your head looking like a smart speaker that's all i'm saying all right, at WEEI on Twitter, at KJ Carson Twitter. We're here again tomorrow night. We'll talk more Patriots in the matchup with Arizona for the Monday night game. Plus, the Celtics are in action. Uh, we'll be kept, As we're coming on, they'll be getting into their game as well. So, thank you so much for being here. Joe, thank you. Yeah.